This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So we welcome in Ron Darling, and let me promote this properly. Ron is calling the series for TBS, your exclusive home for the 2022 ALDS and ALCS. Ron will be calling the uh, Cleveland Yankees series along with Bob Costas and Lauren Shahadi. The Houston Seattle series will be called by Brian Anderson, Jeff Francoeur, and Matt Weiner. And a uh, friend of the program, friend of uh, all of us, Keith, MLB Network colleague as well, Ron <laughs> Darling. Ronnie, thanks for joining us. Welcome this morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks. Um, luckily, most of the things I do are live, so that's a good thing. So uh, that's it. Great, to yeah. you, great to see you guys this morning. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, listen, first of all, we've got a big series coming up, right? Um, your early impressions watching Cleveland for a couple of days and what you know about the Yankees, because I know you've seen some of their games this year, too. Yeah, I've seen Cleveland about a half dozen times this year. And uh, and then watching them, of course, in their series in Tampa Bay, there wasn't a lot to see, right? Um both teams uh, could not hit, uh, but you've been always impressed by Cleveland's uh, ability this year to kind of figure it out. You know, they they just win. You know, somehow, some way, whether it's a defensive play, uh, whether it's a stolen base, uh, whether it's a key base hit. Uh, but their pitching is always there. Their defense is always there. Um, so we have a I don't know a real David Goliath kind of thing working, don't yeah. we? I still didn't finish my my thought with the with the Guardians and the and the Yankees, and I'll keep that quick. What I think is there's going to be less thinking about what to do with the Yankee starters, right? Garrett Cole is a is a workhorse. You're, you're going to let Garrett Cole go, even if he gives up a couple sh- solo shots. It's the first game you're trying to get him into the seventh inning. Nestor Cortez, we've seen a shorter leash on, but it's the postseason. If he's competing, which we all know him as a competitor, you let him compete. And uh, I don't think there's going to be a script. Like I felt like. With Quintana uh, in that first game with the Cardinals, I remember going to look. I think he he pitched into the fifth inning, and he was at 75 pitches, and they were just ready to go to the bullpen. And I'm like, this is a guy that, you know, in the game one, maybe you let him go a little bit longer, and you don't have so much of a script. Um, all right, now I lost my train. No, no, well, no, Keith, I got, I got you. I'd like to add, add to that. I think you're spot on with all of this stuff. It wasn't only a Quintana. Remember Gossman? Uh, Gossman, Gossman too. Toronto. Had a really nice start, and uh, he was taken out with 80-something pitches. So I think what happens is that baseball, which is a sport that people love to copy, you know, okay, something's going on, this is what we're going to do. And uh, past postseasons, we've seen managers play really close to the vest, guys playing uh, pitching unbelievable as a starter, four innings, he's out of there. Let's get to someone else. The Dodgers do this probably better than anyone, right? But that's not how this one is running, I don't think. I think this one is running where you're going to have to maximize, especially with the lack of days off. You're going to have to maximize the guys that are starting for you. You're going to have to live with them. You're going to have to try to get 21 outs from them. And then you're going to have to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I mean, that's kind of where we're at uh, with the 2022 postseason. So, Keith, you're spot on. I, I think that the managers who don't realize quickly enough that, We've got seven p- pitchers we want to pitch, right? You, you have a 12-man staff, whatever. 
but there's only seven guys out of the 12 that you really want to pitch. Yeah. Those guys, if they get the most innings, they're going to give their team the best chance. Garrett Cole gets the ball in game one. Uh, Ron, he's been a guy who's struggled with the long ball. You talked about hitting home runs. And I mentioned this at the top of the show with Keith. I said, you know, kind of what you're talking about, about stretching guys uh, as far as far, as far as you can. I think perfect script for the Yankees in game one is hit a couple of home runs. Garrett Cole goes seven innings. Jonathan Luizga goes two. The Yankees have had some bullpen issues. And then you're set for after day off to reset your bullpen again. I think that's a script for game one. Um, how do you? I mean, I would think that would work pretty well if you told Aaron Boone that, but Cole and his pension for the long ball has been a bigger problem this year. What do you think? Uh, well, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, he's had the, what, uh, I think I did two starts where he gave up three home runs uh, in the start. So, um, but this is the, the great foil for him, right? He's facing the Cleveland Guardians, who are a team that uh, does not have tons and tons of power. Uh, so that should help. Um you know, it, it's just to me when I watch Garrett pitch, and you know, he is as good as it gets in the game as far as stuff, competitive. Um, he always reminds me of the guy because I'm like this a little bit myself. Like you start a crossword puzzle and you make a mistake early in pen and you throw it away. I want, I need a new, I need a new paper. I got to redo it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he just is such a perfectionist that um, that when things don't go really well early, I think it, you know it's not hard for him to rebound because he's still will pitch uh, effectively. But, um, you know, from pitch one, I think it's important for him to get off to that three-inning, four-inning kind of roll where he gets that train kind of rolling. And when he has uh, when he has that kind of early effort, you see the the magical games that uh, he's had. And he's had a half dozen of those for, you, for the Yankees this year. So, I mean, a, a lot to be said about New York, right, and the home field advantage. And uh, I, I can't stay away from asking you about the Mets, right, and – yeah. The Mets, we saw their attendance. I think it went 41,000, 42,000, 39,000. Um, it dipped in the in the last game. But uh, we're expecting it to be sold out at Yankee Stadium. I don't think they sold out in Queens. Uh, you've played in New York. You know what this time of the year is like. Uh, can you speak to the home field advantage? Like, I think that's going to be big. I think playing in progressive field in Ohio, they played these day games, these last two games. It's going to be a completely different environment in New York. We spoke to how young these players are on Cleveland. This is going to be the craziest environment some of them have ever played in. What are your thoughts on the home field advantage in Yankee Stadium coming up? Yeah, that, that's a, a great point. You know, not only are a lot of them new to the postseason, but a lot of them are new to uh, the experience of playing uh, with the ghosts of, of Yankee Stadium. That that certainly is going to be something they're going to have to deal with. Um, you know, 100 different media members in their locker room when they get there today. Um, it's all those things that small market uh, teams don't have to deal with. Um, sometimes, though, you can be so young and naive that it doesn't affect you because you don't even think about it, right? You're just so running around and just really happy and all those kind of things. Um, the Mets first. Um, this is my opinion, and I could be wrong. Um, so I bought the strips for postseason um, games, and it was very dear, very expensive. I, I think that Major League Baseball really has to do some thinking about um, what is being charged for these postseason games. I think the, the, the tickets are at a place where um, even if you have some money, you look at it and go, really? Wow, that's serious commitment to uh, the month of October. Um, so I, I think that's why sometimes you're not seeing the numbers of people, at least in Queens. Now, Yankee Stadium is going to be different. It'll be packed. It's always packed. 
they're used to October baseball. I mean, when they when it, when fans start a season for the Yankees, it's not a six month season. It's always a seven month season. They just know that uh, yeah. there's going to be games, and um, it'll be raucous. Um, I think the crowds in the Bronx. Uh, you know, it's one of the things I look forward to when I do postseason games in the Bronx. It's just it's a whole different different atmosphere. It's a uh, it's it's something you have to wrap your brain around if you're an athlete. Ron, I'm interested in your take on on kind of the pitching situation here for the Yankees. They've had bullpen issues, which is new for the Yankees. Um, usually that's the surest part of their game, and this year it's not. Now, it's not unique. If you look at the last like five or six World Series champions, they've all had some sort of bullpen issues that they iron out along the way, maybe even not until October. But the Yankees' biggest issue, it feels like, Keith – uh, sorry, Ron. It's it's always I'm talking to you, Keith, and I'm talking to Ron. Yeah. It's like I'm it's like I'm Gary. I'm here with Keith and Ron. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like um, the Yankees' biggest issue is they don't have a lot of strikeout guys. They don't have a lot of swing and miss in their bullpen. Mm. And Cleveland is a team that doesn't swing. You know, they're they're a contact team. Is this a potential pothole for the Yankees in a close game? You know, it, it always is. I, I think that every team that comes into the postseason, that's why they spend so much time on their roster. They're trying to figure out what guys they want to bring. And it's not usually the players. It's the pitchers. They're trying to figure out who are the, going to be the best matchups. Um, yes, Cleveland uh, did something historic on Saturday afternoon with that with that win, one nothing, and what their relievers did and how far they were pushed and, and all of that. Um, the Yankees, let's start first. Uh, they had an amazing bullpen to start the season. Injuries took a lot of that away, right? So they've had to re, really reconfigure it. The Chapman news is certainly, um, um, I don't know if it's not going to help or whatever. I did uh, two series with the Yankees this year where Boone had him in the bullpen and didn't even use him uh, late in games. So he was reluctant um, much of the season to even go to a role this. So um, it might give them a different body that he has more confidence in. Um, I think Holmes is going to have to sh- like be more like the Holmes in the first two months where – I mean, if you were watching the Yankees and you were watching Holmes pitch, you're like, this guy's almost unhittable. And if you hit it, it's going to be softly and on the ground. I think he has to be uh, more of that version of himself. Um, uh, I think Luiska is the, the wild card for me. Uh, I think he's the most talented guy in the bullpen. Um, I think he can you know, go uh, multiple innings, uh, which is important, I think. But um, you know, if Booney gets uh, this team to the World Series, it'll be because he's done one of the greatest, I think, uh, jobs of managing uh, a bullpen. Because they're they're they have a lot of arms, they have a lot of good arms, um, but not the traditional arms that you see in Yankees bullpens. That when they come in, the game's over. Um, so th- that's uh, again, again back to what Keith said before. I think uh, you're going to have to let Cortez go. You're going to have to all of a sudden push Severino. And say, okay, we put you on the 60-day to save list. You didn't like it, but we did it because now that you're back, we're going to ask more of you than has ever been asked. And the same with Cole. So, I mean, there's been a lot of conversation about, oh, you know, the local broadcast team should get to call the games. Uh, you know, these, you know, I, I, I don't mind this, right? I, I understand the business of baseball and these networks and like the wild card round being on ESPN and the bidding for that and, and these contracts and these deals. And I also understand that you're not going to get that luxury. Like you get home field advantage. You don't also get your home broadcast crew calling the game. The visiting team is also tuned in and so is the whole country. Um, We got to hear Michael Kay call the Cardinals series, which was awesome for us as Yankees fans because we're getting his signature see a call out there for those guys. What are your thoughts on, on calling these games 
and different broadcasters being on different games. I think it's good for the game. I don't think it's a negative. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think that um, I, I'm, you know, being a local broadcaster as well, I'm hip to uh, how fans feel because when you fall in love with your team over the summer, you're falling in love with the broadcasters too. And you know their syntax, you know the way they roll, what they say, how they say it, are they being serious or are they taking a shot? You know, all the different things that the local broadcasters will do. For the Yankees in an historic year that they had this year, boy, there was a, a flare-up because Michael K might not get the call number 61 or 62. I understand all of that as well. I mean, look at Danny McLaughlin out in St. Louis. He didn't get the call 699 and 700. What a shame uh, that happened. That being said, um, you know, when you come in to do these broadcasts and their postseason, and we know the mechanics and the business of all that kind of stuff, I just, um, I just think that as broadcasters, you do your thing. Um, you want someone that's down the middle, I think, for these broadcasts because if they came off um, – uh, with any kind of slant to it, then that would be criticized as well. And that's all right, too. Criticism is is part of this job. Uh, but I think I go into this game knowing that before the game, I'll talk to uh, John and Susan, which I love to do. I have insights that I don't know about. I will certainly talk to David Cohn, who's been a really good friend of mine, who'll be able to clue me into, there you go, right, John and Susan. John and Susan bobbleheads, there you go. There we go. The Yankees. Then you could trade one of the Gary Keith and Ron bobbleheads for <laughs> Susan. That'd be awesome. And then, and then uh, David Cohn is one of my dear friends. Um, you know, local broadcasters know things that I would never know because they've watched that team all year. So you try to tap into all the resources and all the strengths that the Yankees have in their broadcasting team to help you know something that maybe you won't know uh, through your research. Uh, Rana, I don't want to make the, I, I'm going to leave Shohei Otani out of this debate, but I think you're going to have two guys in the series who are going to be one and three in the MVP race, right? You've got Aaron Judge, you've got Jose Ramirez. These are the guys who each team is going to say, don't let him beat us. Now, the Yankees have kind of gotten used to this in the last few weeks where Glaber Torres has really benefited in September uh, with RBI opportunities and cashed them in. Giancarlo Stanton started to get hot again in the last couple of days of the season. Um, so the Yankees have a little bit of experience with this for Cleveland. Is it as simple as avoiding letting Jose Ramirez beat you? Uh, I don't think it's as simple as that um, because uh, they have a lot of different pieces and they don't strike out They make contact. So you're going to have to play defense. You have to do all those little things. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you that the Cleveland people feel like Ramirez, maybe not with 62 home runs, but every time they need a big hit, they get it from Ramirez. That's how that team feels about that player. And boy, you know, he's been a top five MVP guy for what, five, six years now. So uh, it's nothing new. The Yankee fans feel the same way uh, about Aaron, you know, and, and if he didn't go to center field, if he didn't uh, hit lead off, if he didn't hit those home runs, many of them so meaningful during the course of the summer, maybe they're not where they're at right now. So both teams feel that way. I, I, I don't think it's, you know, at some point you're going to have to pitch, um, to these batters. I think what you're going to see, though, you might see stuff late in the game that you wouldn't ever see. Um, for example, in Toronto, John Schneider, their manager, runners at first and second, ended up blocking Judge, right? Um, 
with two outs to load the bases, even though the runners were on first and second, empty base third. He loaded the bases because he didn't want to face Judge. I think you're going to see some of that kind of stuff uh, to Judge and to Ramirez uh, in this series because it's just um, no manager and no pitcher uh, wants to face those pitchers when the uh, with those hitters when the game's on the line. And I think you'll see that. You can't let those guys beat you. You we just were talking about that. We don't expect Judge to be pitched to. We don't expect. Uh, Ramirez to be pitched to. I'm glad you mentioned the defense, though, right? The Yankees improved their defense this season, and uh, the the Guardians play good defense. The Mariners play good defense. Like postseason teams are are good defensive teams. They save runs. Um, I think the advantage the Yankees are going to have is Yankee Stadium, the dimensions of Yankee Stadium, playing defense. But um, who do you think can be one game breaker? Who do you think from either side, the Yankees or uh, the Guardians? Who do you think can just rise above? of all this stuff and just be the guy that is, is a hero or, um, you know, makes his name known. I I'm, I'm, I'll give you one. I'm looking okay. at Oswaldo Cabrera season yeah. the moment. He's a guy that is young and he's, they talk about how young the guardians are. He's so young. I don't think he understands how big it is. And he's had some big moments down the stretch. I think he could be a game breaker. Uh, uh, that's a great choice. So I'll stay away from him. I love that player, by the way. I, I love watching him play. I love the energy that he brings. And I think he was vital uh, down the stretch uh, when the Yankees were trying to figure out if they were going to um, finish off the division. Um, I think he was vital uh, to that team and, and the life that he brought. I'll go with uh, I'll go with one player and I'll go with one group. Uh, the Guardians, I'm going to go with uh, Andres Jimenez at second base. Um, he's a shortstop who plays second base. He's an athlete. He does a couple of things incredibly well, um, not only defensively um, on the ground balls at second base, but he can go out and catch fly balls in the middle of nowhere. He's that talented. I think he's going to make a difference defensively for that ball club. And for the Yankees, I think because of Cleveland's style of play, the group of, and I don't know who's going to be playing, whether Aaron Hicks is going to be playing, you know, Judge right field, center field, uh, Cabrera right field, whatever grouping they have, the grouping of Yankee outfielders, with the Guardians trying to run around the bases and their accuracy and strength of arm could play a big part in this series. Uh, I saw Hicks, uh, you know, we know how Hicks can throw. I know he's had a challenging year, um, but he seemed to be coming out of it a little bit there at the end. If he gets a start, no one throws better than him in the, in the game. Um, Aaron is as accurate uh, as a judge and strong arm as there is in the game. Cabrera, um, all he did was throw people out when he came up uh, playing right field, a position he's not that familiar with. So, Strength of arm, accuracy of arm with New York Yankee outfielders could play a big part in the series. Ron, last one for me here. Uh, well, actually, I got one more, but um, the <laughs> managers here. Sorry. Uh, Terry Francona is going to go to the Hall of Fame. I think we all agree, right, with his resume going yeah. from Boston to Cleveland. Uh, Aaron Boone has had a lot of very good teams, has yet to make it out of the ALCS. Um, this is – you know, it's not a three-game series, but a five-game series is a short series. Is there any sort of advantage to Terry Francona having been through these wars and winning more postseason series than Boone has as manager? Well, both of you guys brought up, uh, you know, playing at Yankee Stadium is going to be something they're going to have to contend with. Who better than Terry Francona to be able to deliver a message yeah. to a young uh, group of players about what it's like to play here? Um, I'm sure he's going to have that, that moment from uh, – uh, from the 
the basketball movie. I don't know why. Like, oh, Hoosiers. Hoosiers, you know, yeah. The hoop and say it's still 10 feet here like it is, you know, at any well, other. This, uh, this is a Hoosiers poster on my oh, wall right here. So That's Hoosiers. I think he's going to have a Hoosier moment with his team where he says, hey, listen, still 90 feet. You know, all those kind of things um, to get his team relaxed. Who better than Francona? Um, and I think his in-game managerial style and bullpen um, efficiency, the way he used the bullpen, I don't know. They, he might be without Pierre. I mean, that's as good as he's been uh, over his career. And I think for Aaron, you know, Aaron's stuck in such a, a difficult spot. He's almost in the Garrett Cole spot. Garrett Cole's making all this money, right? So he's got to be perfect every single time he pitches. And when he pitches in the postseason, he's got to be more than perfect. So, you know, he gets the, that's what that's what mantle he has to live with. Right. And with Aaron Boone, he's the manager of the New York Yankees. So if you're the manager of the New York Yankees, it's World, World Series or bust, man. You know, there's no other way to go. And, and those are hard things to deal with. But both of them knew signing and being the manager or being the, uh, you know, the top ace of this team brings that with it. So uh, I think sometimes we tend to overlook how strong Aaron's been how good he's been over the course of the first, what, five years now. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's managed through some tough spots. That being said, I think um, the the focus uh, on these two managers, one, is Francona ever going to manage again? This might be his last post. You know, he yeah. might take it to the house after this. Um, and Aaron Boone, you know, can he, he, can he satisfy uh, those that watch um, and and deliver a postseason that you'll remember forever. I think that's what I'm going to look at as I watch these uh, these two managers, one with so much experience and one trying. I would think Aaron Boone, at the end of his managerial career, if they compared him to Terry Francona, he would be very, very happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keith, you got one more here before we let Ronnie go? I'll let you run your second question. Go for okay. it. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I this is awesome because I think Sweeney Keith and Ron is actually fantastic, along just like Gary Keith and Ron, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like one and one A. Um, Ronnie, we just watched the Mets lose a three-game series to the Padres. So I want, even though this is a Yankees podcast, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Um, you know, they 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 had two great pitchers, one who gave a bunch of home runs in game one, another one who staved off elimination. Uh, they had an offense that just never got it going. Um you know, you watch the Mets all year long. I know it's disappointing to a lot of people. What are your thoughts watching that series and the way that it did? Well, um, you know, a lot of times in the course of a season, you kind of have those moments where um, you, you just decide that if we get to a position where this happens, then we're all good. It's, it's going to be great. And I think what the Mets got into they got into a position in Atlanta the last weekend of the season and, of course, against the Padres where they had, you know, in whatever order, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, DeGrom, Scherzer, whatever it is, they had those three pitchers. And they figured as if they're in that position, that puts them in a perfect place. So against Atlanta, I want to read these numbers. Against Atlanta, those three pitched 14 to third innings, 17 hits allowed. Six home runs, ERA close to seven. Against the Padres, 14 and two-thirds innings. That's three pitchers now, 14 and two-thirds innings. 15 hits, five home runs, ERA seven and a half. So when you're looking at what happened, is that on the biggest um, stage, when they needed it most, 
their three best pitchers couldn't deliver the way they wanted to, team wanted to, fan base wanted to. It's very simple, right? Um, that being said, it was a joy watching this team play all year. They were fun. Um, they were a good group. Um, uh, the pitching was, I mean, it was just a really fun, with a lot of great storylines. It was a great team to watch. And I feel sad for them because this is the reality of the postseason is that watch what you wish for because here you are and you're in the middle of it and this is a chance to really shine and the next thing you know you got a tea time today at 10 a.m you know so um it's a it's a hard game and i think max scherzer said it best you know it's the highest of highs and then occasionally you have a team that's going to have the lowest of lows and i think that's where the mets are today yeah and um you know i think i think i heard gary say last night on sny you know it reminded him of 1988. It was such a tough loss. But the thing about 88 was that team had won a World Series and it felt like the end of something. This feels yeah. more like the beginning of something. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that Lois the Lowe's from 1988, so I know how bad it can yeah. be. And when people say the sun will come up tomorrow, um, not for the Mets today. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Saturday, <laughs> maybe Sunday. It's not coming up today. All right, that's Ron Darling. Remember, you can. He's crying some tears. You know, he's letting his fans come out. That's it. Um, we will uh, we will be watching Ron along with Bob Costas and Lauren Shahadi on the Yankees Guardian series Tuesday night, Thursday night, 7:30 first pitch in the Bronx. TBS is the exclusive home to the 2022 ALDS and ALCS. So if they continue on, if the Yankees move on, Ronnie, maybe we'll break that down with you again in the next round. Uh, Brian Anderson, Jeff Francoeur. And Matt Weiner had the Houston-Seattle series for TBS as well. Ronnie, thanks so much for the time this morning, and uh, I'll we'll you know we'll see you at the ballpark. All right, Sweeney, Keith, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Good Bye -bye. talking to you. All right, thanks. that's Ron Darling and uh, Keith. Nobody breaks it down better than him. And um, I, you know, you're right. Look forward to seeing these guys call a game. You and I will be there. Um, and I guess we're going to come back after game two and uh, break down the first two games for you and maybe another guest or two along the way here as well. Um, so, I, listen, there's not a whole lot else left to say except play it on the field and kind of see what happens. This is the exciting time of year, right? This is the best. Uh, it's just fun. Uh, you know, like I just laughed there. <laughs> uh, the Mets fans got to understand that, like, this is part of it, right? You you wanted to walk the walk and talk the talk and and be the kings of New York. Well, someone's coming for you. And, uh, you know, just how you thought you had it lined up with Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett, it didn't work out back-to-back -back weekends with the Braves and the Padres. It, it doesn't always work out how you have it scripted. It doesn't always go as people have on paper. And that's the beauty of it. You got to win the games. You got to play the games. And there's good guys on both sides. So what well, we're hoping as Yankees fans, right, they earned a first round by um, they have home field advantage. They should be able to beat the Guardians in this series, but they could fold too. anything can happen. You need to be at your best in October. And that's what makes it so much fun. These are the best of the best. You know, the Royals don't sneak in. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the Reds are not going to be on anyone's TV screen. These are all the marquee names and pitchers and players that we all know and that we've all seen. And this is the dance. This is the tournament. It was a great weekend so far. Expect it to be a great week. It's different than we've seen before. But uh, I expect it to be a, a fun time at the ballpark this week. And uh, we'll see how far the Yankees can go. They have to challenge. They know. They know how much is riding on this year with what Aaron Judge did, what this team was able to do, even though they did not get to 100 wins, right? 
They they had a successful season, and they will be judged on what they do in October. So let's go. Let's get it. It is time. And uh, it's been too long since the Yankees have had postseason baseball in the Bronx. It's been even longer since the Yankees have been back to a World Series. Why can't it happen this year? It can. I can't say it any better than that. He's Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. This is BXB, Bronx Baseball, the Yankees podcast from Odyssey and WFAN. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, follow. It's all free. Uh, write some reviews, some nice ones if you can. And make sure you come back here. We've got you covered after game two of the ALDS Friday morning right back here. Uh, and also we're on the socials all game long and on WFAN after the games as well. So make sure you follow at on Twitter, he is at Keith underscore McPherson. I am at Yankees WFAN. Our producer is Ryan Chichester. Thank you to Ron Darling for jumping on board and helping us preview the series. We will find you again after game two. Thanks for listening.